This is How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. Look for updates at facebook.com slash weekend podcast. Hey, Wendy. How were your last 27 weekends? Brian, I've missed you, my friend. Um, The last 27 weekends <laughs> have been a little busy. How about you? Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> uh, I don't even know when the last time we did a show. I should have checked that before. But, you know, I, I like doing things in the moment. So let's... Um, so what can, let's let's see. The last episode we did was in June. Okay, uh, I was gonna say I thought summer ish. Yeah, was when we could pull it off. Was I was gonna say time. I was gonna say, hey, surprise! I'm a parent, but we've had two episodes <laughs> where we discussed that. Where we discussed that. Uh, yes. But hey, if you haven't listened to those two episodes, I've got kids, and <laughs> dear God, it's the hard. It, it's not the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but it is the least rewarding thing I've ever done. <laughs> The least and sometimes the best, but more the least, depending on it, the day. It is the it's the most time consuming, the least return on investment thing ever. <laughs> it's all yeah, from a true monetary statement, I, I'm sure that's accurate, but for all the other points it's a good return on investment. I'm sure years in when I stop counting like how much money I'm spending and how much hair I'm losing <laughs> You know, when I when I stop tracking all that stuff, I'm certain it'll feel better. But um, right now, it's like, dear God, I just have to tell them, hey, close the door when you poop. Exactly. You know, like not I everybody get, wants to see that. Thanks. I get tired of that every day. <laughs> yeah, so how are things with you? I it's, I, know, I know things have been busy with you. Busy. Um, you know, started a new job. I think part of it. So you you got the kids, and then I started a new job basically in June. And so I think between your new home life and my new job, and then I did have a I did have a sick parent towards the end of the year um, that I was that I was taking care of, and so that was a busy time over the holidays, and so. You know, life just happened and priorities shifted. <laughs> Your job keeps yes. you so, so, so it's, busy. It's very busy, but in a which, you know, most of my friends who would listen to this be like, oh, Wendy's always busy. She's a workaholic. And I do oh, put a lot. You are my she- boss. <laughs> I know how much you work. This is totally different. Yeah. So this, you know, one of the things I said was I was going to work differently when I took on this job. And I have, I I mean, nobody can see or tell because, you know, they're not working with me anymore. But I do, do try to step away. I'm not working every night. I'm not online. But my job does require me to put in early hours and late hours because I work for a global company. So I'm on 4 a.m. calls with um, Europe or, you know, in or 10 p.m. 8 to 10 p.m. calls um, because I'm dealing with Asia and, and counterparts there. But I also work and have employees in Brazil. And so right now there's a five-hour time difference. And for me, I feel like if I'm going to be leading a team, I need to be present during the bulk of their work day. So I go in a little bit earlier. So I'm present and available for them, even though it's virtually. And so, and then I you know, have to travel to the countries that I support. You commute to the Bahamas, Wendy. I do. I, I do. You have to commute <laughs> to the Bahamas. I know. It is It is one of those things. It's It's that very interesting thing when you say, because there's been some new people who joined the Nashville office, and it it's one of those things where they're like, oh, where are you traveling to? I'm like, the Bahamas. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. That sounds horrible. And I'm like... 
well, you know, let's put it this way. I'm not going to be ungrateful because I have a very cool job that lets me do it. And the people in that office are, I'm always excited to see the people in that office because they're a really great team and it's a beautiful spot to have to travel to. However, when I'm there, I'm not sitting on the beach, sipping my ties and chilling and going in at nine in the morning and leaving at three 30 in the afternoon to have time. It's like, I have to be there for four days to get these things done and support that office. And then I got to go home. So, you know, it, it is that it's that very in between of, I got to get there to do the job that I'm paid to do, but I also get it to do it in the Bahamas. So don't be so like, don't be like, oh yeah, I do have to go to the Bahamas again. <laughs> so Yeah. I, I, I just can't fathom that. Yeah. This, it, it's, it's different. And I get to go to Mexico in um, the first week of February. So, you know, because of the type of organization that we are, it's not like I'm going to the most, fabulous cities um they're the financial centers of the country often so it is i'm going to mexico city and we know that that can be a little bit of a rough place but how many I people have, are in mexico city i don't know the total population is it 10 million or is it like it, is, or is it, it bigger than that it's a lot that's all i know it's pretty it's pretty hectic it's pretty packed and then i'm hoping in march i'll get to go to nine. sao paulo brazil there's nine million in mexico yeah. um then hopefully in March, I was supposed to go in November, um, but hopefully in March, I'll get to go to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And so um, very different places I've never been, uh, you know, having team members in those different countries and learning culturally how they work and operate is very different than the U.S. It's very similar, but very different just because we all work for the same country, right? The the local things are still part of what they do day to day. And so it's been a huge learning experience just because it's so different than my old job. Um, and I get to work with such a diverse group of people. Um, but it's also very challenging because it's an industry and in a field that I didn't, I'd never played in before. I mean, I, I'm in HR and I'm not doing HR partner stuff. Um, you know, I'm doing HR operations, but there's just a whole other level to it when you're dealing with 10 different countries with different regulations and different leadership things that are acceptable. And, um, you know, it's just very, very interesting. And then working with our Zurich office, it's, it's very, I mean, it is like the most interesting and overwhelming thing all at the same time, because you just are like, I don't feel smart enough to have this job. (laughs) It's a little different than selling hammers, isn't it? It is different than ha- than selling hammers and nails, um, for for darn sure. And uh, it's still though one of those. It's like with any other business, I think that you work in, you get so wrapped up in what they do and wanting to do a good job. People get so caught up in the urgency of fixing things and it is urgent you know because it's the business but at the same time it's also I keep that mentality that I adopted a long time ago or try to when it gets overwhelming and people are getting a really emotional about things is we're not fighting fire or we're not fighting wars we're not fighting fires and we're not curing cancer For so uh, yeah or or healing babies and so at the end of the day it's it's all very important what we're doing but at the end of the day if it doesn't get done, a life is not impacted necessarily. Um, so, you know, it's keeping the balance with that because it's easy just to get caught up and be like, this is the only thing in the world that matters. <laughs> so is this one of the, like, I don't know much about that business. I know that, uh, not HR, but like your industry, it seems yep. like that's an industry 
where there would, you would have like a TV show based around it. That would be like a drama or a soap <laughs> opera, like Grey's Anatomy or something like that. Well, I think so. It's financial industry. So the financial industry obviously is very tough and it's a big industry. So I wouldn't say that the, the financial industry is the dramatic part of it because investing is investing and wealth management and all that. That's It's not what, what you make. It's what you save. Exactly. Correct. Correct. How you save it and all that. And then um, I think, however... I would say the it, the thing that's common, and then you know it as a leader, and anybody who is a leader is the drama. There's people. There's just people involved. And so the only thing with the HR component is you get insight into the broader HR component and the entire company versus me as a leader just knowing what's going on in my immediate team. And, can you know, it's you're looking at it from a much broader lens um, and the impact of the decisions, you know, you're talking about benefits and recruiting and payroll and just services type stuff and line management coaching and all this, all these different things in all these different countries with varying levels of expertise. And at the core of all that are people and what motivates a person and what a person finds acceptable or doesn't find acceptable and what's important to you get caught up more in those personal um, motivators and different, you know, opinions about what's right or wrong and reactions to decisions. You're much closer to it uh, with a larger scope of people than when you are just, you know, a, a leader of a smaller team. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, I. From that perspective, there's some drama that comes up with it, and um, you know, but it's people's personal lives, and it's their job, and it's their livelihood. So everything that you know goes on in that space is important to them. But it's like within real. I am probably the worst and best person to be in HR <laughs> because I am such a people person that you know I want. But there's times where I'm like. Come on, dude. That's that's insane. Like, I think I think that's I think that's really needed in HR. Yeah, like you can't. You know, some people just there's no accepting the rules, and and there and that's like, come on. There's rules for a reason. Now, there's exceptions to every rule, but there are certain people who always want to be the exception, and I'm one of those people where I'm like, okay, no, fine, no, you don't always get to be the exception. I'm reading right now The Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols, and in one chapter, he talks about how the social pressures on how everybody wants to be liked. So in any given group of people, you have those people who clearly know what they're talking about, and you have those people who clearly don't know what they're talking about. And the people who clearly don't know what they're talking about want to be taken just as uh, seriously as the people who do. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, the people who know what they're talking about and know that the other people don't know what they're talking about to keep peace d heavily defer g back to the, you know, the person who is completely clueless. And I feel that in a lot of ways, HR is like that, you know, is willing to give in. I mean, across the board, across the industry, willing to give in, you know, when, when somebody may not know what they're talking about just to make everybody happy. And I think that I think that's a really bad precedent. And so the fact that and, you're not like that is awesome. Well, and I think, honestly, it it's easier to be quite frank with this company. It's easier to be that way because, and again, it's industry influenced in the sense that, listen, I I'm in a 
heavily compliance industry now, right? There is compliance and legal things everywhere around the finance industry. And so we at least have the luxury from our industry that we don't have to put up with as much as other I think industries do or don't are don't have the willingness and the risk um, meter to put up with it because there's just too many things that um, have to be complied with or that could lead to risk management issues. So I think that also helps me a little bit in this industry because we don't have to put up with as much because the risks of not handling those things are much much more um, damaging than other industries. You know, HR is a sensitive thing no matter where you are. It's important in their regulations and compliance all over the world for all of those things as it relates to people and that, and you want people to have all of that. But for us, you know, being able to put our foot down and say no to certain things is easier because we have so many regulations and so many compliance things that help it make it easier to manage through um, than having to make a call in some cases. But there is, yeah, I mean, there, to your point, there is a lot of having to go to experts and having to go to people who think they know, but playing, playing the mediator really at the end of the day. And I don't have to get into a ton of that. I mean, like I said, I'm more on the operations side, so I just need to make sure services are being provided. But you, those other things ultimately start to drive down into the operations component where, where we get, we work in. So um, it's really interesting. There's still so much I don't know. There's still so much I haven't learned. And my role is um, expanding this year and I'm taking on new team members because last year I had um, just, we weren't sure what the role was going to be. And by the end of the year, I had about four direct team members and then by the end of this year, I'll probably have close to 12 to 14 wow. internationally. But the bulk will be in Nashville um, because we're trying to, you know, service everybody from a central location. So, um, but still have employees, you know, I have two employees who are relocating here. I'm very excited for them for a temporary, like a, a short term um, work opportunity for them to work globally. And if I chose to do that and I do well in the company, I could do something like that too, but I don't know that I want to, you know, but we'll see. I haven't earned that yet in my mind. So, or in theirs, I think so. Hey, if, if you know, if that fails, uh, I sent you a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it. I did. I need to listen to it. Uh, so, so basically the idea, so I've been listening to this podcast called uh, Side Hustle School. And uh, the idea is they uh, present... Uh, people side hustles? Yeah, they present people who... Uh, have side hustles, uh, typically ones that are of some note. So not like yeah, somebody has an Etsy store and makes 200 bucks a month. So typically somebody whose side hustle brings in at least, you know, a fairly good income uh, over and above, you know, like maybe three or $4,000 a year. Um, well, the one that they, that I sent you was uh, somebody makes a uh, hundred grand a year uh, watching dogs without having to have a home. Yep. And they do it, you know, basically, um, they're right now in New York City, but they're going to be living internationally and they're using their rover.com profile as basically their currency. Yeah. So um, they build up in their local community uh, a very high score on rover.com. Yeah. And uh, because of that, they were able to basically just like sort of like you did, you, you would, you, even though you had a home, yeah. uh, you were, you were like a super high end 
um, you know, like how many uh, how many uh, pet sitters are like you know, uh, business directors in a Fortune fifty company? You know, not that not that many. Um, but uh, you know, they would you know stay at the home of the uh, of the of the pets uh, oftentimes. So this person actually just mm-hmm. said, "Hey, I don't need a house." Yeah. So she decided to use that to you know travel and yeah. uh, pet set along the way, which is pretty amazing. I know. I've got to listen to it because I'm like, you know what? Like I still we had that episode about side hustles with Stacy, our friend Stacy and everything. And I still am like, you know, in my heart in a couple of years, like I still want to pursue that pet thing, whatever it is. And it's like maybe if it's just a year of doing that, I think. You know, you you do have to build up your reputation again, but um, I do. A lot of people are like, "Do you miss the pet sitting?" And I'm like, "Oh, I absolutely do." It's it's nice that I have my weekends to myself, and with everything happening um, in the last couple of years, it's been good that I haven't had that extra responsibility. But it thing when things calm and settle again, I wouldn't be opposed to getting back into it because I miss the animals. It's just who I am. And I, I was like, yeah, people are like, you miss it. I'm like, absolutely. I miss the people. I miss the dogs even more. You know? But do you <laughs> so, miss dogs in general or just those dogs? Cause if it's dogs in general, just get a dog. Well, yeah. I mean, cause I've talked about that too, or just volunteer. Cause you can foster like shelter animals just for the weekend. Right. You don't have to adopt them you mm-hmm. can just because, but I travel, but I travel so much right now. Right. I am literally going to be, international travel for the next three months and I'm home every other week. And so in my heart for me to enjoy my dog, I'm not, I will still enjoy it when I come home, but it's like, I want to be there pretty solidly if I'm going to get a dog for the first couple months. Yeah. So I'm still, there's still a lot of transition going on for me and some things. So, uh, as far as travel and stuff like that. So eventually that would be it, but I, I do miss those dogs too. And I just, it was a great variety, right? You just, you got, and you got to know the people and you became part of their family. And I'm still very close with a lot of those people. So it was more, you know, the dogs were the reward in all of it. And then the friendships that I got out of it were great too. So, um, you know, it's just something that I was fortunate enough to do and, and I would continue to do it again because it was like the purpose behind it was great. You made sure an animal was comfortable and happy and healthy until their owner got home. You know, that that was rewarding to me. So, yeah, I mean, that's great. Hey, um, you know, way back in June of 2017, we did a podcast about you visiting the World Pork Expo and. Oh, yeah. we, we talked about your history with pork and how your family, uh, you know, is deep in the pork industry. And I, I just laughed. Ha, 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 pork industry. <laughs> so funny. Ha, ha, ha. And, and let me ask, who else is going to be part of that industry soon? I don't know. Do two, I know somebody who uh, will be? In two weeks, I will be working for a uh, company that produces quite a bit of pork. Yeah. You are like I, I have a bacon it, job. That you have a bacon job. It may it may be they may be the the, the largest in the U.S. I don't know the I'm stats. Going to be a ham analyst three, or <laughs> I'm actually I'm trying to figure out if my title is ham analyst three or if it's a senior bacon manager. I can't remember. It's something between those two. Hey, you got all that, and eventually you can you know basically work up to the to the the loin manager <laughs> oh yeah I want, I, I, i'm aiming for loin director <laughs> i'm excited for you it's just it's so funny because i was like oh my god and my brother works with this company a ton and his position um and you know in the the proper and um healthy like it's giving 
to the consumer feeding the world. Like you're going to become a part of that and your role may not be the person actually like out on the line doing that work, but what you're doing is contributing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But at the same time, all of that contributes to getting food on people's tables. Like, honestly, I'm not like, I'm not being funny. Oh, I know. That's, you know, I I brought that up during the interview process. So what's like, so uh, why do you want to change industries? Well, I've never really been passionate about selling hammers, but I am passionate about feeding people and bacon. Yeah. 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 So I got to mention, I specifically mentioned the product that I'm a big fan of, like in uh-huh. every single interview. I'm, I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big fan of this, this ham dish, yeah. that, you know, that, that, that you sell. <laughs> and it was obvious and genuine. And right now I'm actually smoking a pork shoulder of their product, um, or my product, I guess now, yeah. uh, in my smoker outside. So I'm actually, as we record, I'm watching the uh, thermometer, uh, the wireless thermometer here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm a, <laughs> a big fan of the product. So it'll uh, be good. I mean, we had the, our last company, right? We were putting roofs over people's head. It's everything's about perspective, and what we were doing was contributing to people getting the the, the supplies they needed. We're helping people love where they live. We were, we were, and we truly were. At the end of the day, you got. We're not now. Know, but we're not anymore, and that's okay because there's other. They, but there's always something. There's a greater purpose if you look at the perspective the right way. And uh, but I'm really excited to to just. I'm just. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. You get to go work for one of our former um, leaders, who is a great guy. Your, I think bo- that'll your, be former, great your former boss. My former boss. I really. He was great to me, and he um, great to me you know, too. And he taught. He taught me a lot too so i think it's great and i remember when he first started there and he was um having to tour and kind of go through his orientations and he's like every time i am doing one of these things i'm like wendy should be here right now (laughs) (laughs) because i had such the the background with pigs which we can talk about two other things before on ketchup but we haven't fully discussed format and what we should be doing oh yeah month or whatever but there's this thing that just made me think of you and it was kind of where we were headed last year where we would read a book and discuss it and we wanted to put some business components into our content my mom gave me this book about two christmases ago and it is called flying over the pig pen leadership lessons from growing up on a farm oh wow and it's a really easy read but it's about a guy who lived on a hog farm in iowa and how all and he's in like corporate america now but how all his lead, like all his leadership lessons and everything from growing up became part of working his work style and everything else. And so in honor of you starting your new role in the pig industry, in the pork industry, I thought we might be able to read this and discuss the content. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, okay. I, I will just go ahead. I'm hovering over the buy now on the Kindle version. <laughs> I just bought it. Okay. And uh, I'm actually going to, if anybody listening wants to uh, pick up a copy, just go ahead and go to tfradio.net slash pigpen, P-I-G-P-E-N, and you can get it right there just uh, for your Kindle or the paperback. It's cheap. There you go. I, I started it and never finished it. So I, today I was like, okay, we let, we need to do these things. And then now it's just perfect to celebrate the pork industry and all the things it has. So I have one question for you yeah. as we catch up. This was your first Christmas with kids in the home and everything else. And you posted something uh, that resonated with me because of my nieces as well. But the number one Christmas gift gave this year in my household oh, God. Was the LOL surprise? Oh God! 
animals <laughs> and you posted i can't remember what you posted but i was like oh my god i feel you killed i feel it's, you so much it was, right a, now. It, was a, it was an animated gif of burning money <laughs> yeah it is what you did yeah and they're they're you know my nieces love them and they're really cool little things but i was like oh my god these things are everywhere like you go into cvs and there's an end cap of these little lol balls and i'm like oh my god <laughs> it, like i i know you I've used to being here all the time when we recorded the podcast here yeah but in my office it's full of crap yeah <laughs> and i am you know and not innocent of you know uh buying into fad toys and stuff you know much of much of who i am is based on a a fad from the 80s but at least the economics of that there was a a fair trade for your money when it came to the toy the margins on those toys weren't as ridiculous as the margin is on those lol dolls yeah they are absurdly expensive oh they're yeah and they're like i mean i bought 16 of them I mean, like, okay, so one of them is like ten or fifteen dollars for yeah. a little doll. That's but like, the big balls are like sixty bucks yeah, or something. Yeah, like, but like, I uh, they're, they're like a, like three inches tall, and it's like ten or fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I bought sixteen of them from China for twenty bucks last night on Am- oh. on eBay. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I was in the mall yesterday, and, you know, the whole point is it's a surprise. You have no idea what you're getting. Yeah. So, you know, I was well, there's a kiosk there, and, you know, somebody's – well, it was not a kiosk. It was a, a, a seller, whatever they're called, yeah. uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the mall, and they're selling, you know, cheap toys. And there was this big card. It was about a foot by a foot, maybe 16 inches by 16 inches yeah. of the LOL dolls on it. But you saw the LOL dolls. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no surprise in that. And then I'm exactly. like, I'm like oh, that's because that's a knockoff. You're like, that's not the brand. It, that's it, a brand. <laughs> it, 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 if I look closer, I would have saw that it's literally LQL dolls. Oh. <laughs> but it's the same thing. So I, I went to eBay, searched for LQL, and I got them like super cheap. And then they're not going to know. The girls won't know the difference. No. Well, my my nieces were great. They don't have tons of them because my my sister-in-law and brother are very good about like, okay, you have enough. But um, one of the one of the things that I had to make up, I can't remember what happened, but I was like, I need to balance something out. And we went shopping or there was a gift card or something. And so we went and my my youngest niece wanted another one and she had just gotten one for her birthday, like a hamster or something. And so she went another big one, not the little ones. And they only like the animals. They don't like the dolls. They think the dolls are creepy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was, when I saw that, I was just like, hey, I feel you. But then I went and I was like, man, I bet this is how my mom felt when she was buying like Cabbage Patch Kid or I didn't get into too many fads. But she did get me a Cabbage Patch Kid because that was like the thing. And I mean, those weren't cheap, but they were they were pretty big. I mean, yeah, it was a fairly decent sized doll. Yeah, it's but not- those... The tiny little LOLs are little and I'm always like, oh, my God, don't lose them because you just like they're gone. If you if you drop I'm throwing them some in- away, <laughs> like, they, I'm like I was sweeping up the floor and there's stuff. There's just like LOL stuff like that was laying on the floor. I'm, yeah. I just swept it up. It's going in the trash. You're like, if you can't take care of your toys, they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> I want them to know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I swept. If they ask, I swept it up and threw it away. I don't care. You didn't take care of it. So it's gone. That, <laughs> I mean, it, that crap's not going to be worth. It's not going to appreciate in value. It's yeah. De- I mean, so this isn't it's like not a beanie baby, which then they no. aren't as valuable. Okay. As they thought they uh, were. Th- that's be. exactly the. So I was, I was going to say it's not like a 1963 tops Mickey Mantle. It's a beanie baby. 
Beanie, Wendy, yeah, you, can, you can buy like every Beanie Baby at Goodwill for like $5. I like, know. I mean, all of them, not just one, all yeah. of them. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I had to, I had to kind of like, I had to get that little rant in there. Cause I was like my Mr. Toy man. I wonder how he's feeling. I know the post on the LOL dolls, but I was like, I want to go deep more deeply from the toy perspective with that question. So thank you for playing. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anything else exciting that's occurred over the last 27 weekends for you? I mean, so a lot of movies that so obviously you know we talked about movies so much and you know we yeah. went to go see a couple and we talked about them yeah. and it's so much of what kim and i did is like you know just changed it's yeah Tra- like dramatically all the things have shifted uh yeah we we i think we've watched two and i think one of them no we've watched three and two of them were for the kids yeah oh i hate this <laughs> i i hate it oh but you're being a good dad and you have to admit the little one i mean they're all little but the littlest one melts your heart yeah the other two uh yeah the other two do something different they're growing up they're just different ages kids think they know everything they literally know nothing it's so frustrating you know what our parents said the same thing about us no so Mine did. My mom said that from like fourteen to fifteen, she was like, "Please take you back because you think you know everything." I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying I didn't think I knew everything. It's just like I. My parents were super uninvolved in in my childhood. I was. I basically grew up feral, and yeah. so we are super involved with these kids. Yeah. So we see every single time they fail. And yeah. It's every thirty seconds. <laughs> That's part of growing up and becoming a human being. I fail every 30 seconds still, and I'm a 40-year-old person. <laughs> but you don't have somebody standing over your shoulder watching you every step of the way. <laughs> this and, is true. And, yeah, it's just one of those things. I am so not cut out to be a parent. I'm, I have so much to learn, and, you know, as I go. <laughs> so, But you're still doing a phenomenal thing, and they've had a very comfortable home and probably more experiences that have made them happy in the last seven months, eight months than they've had in all their entire lives. All right, Kim's always great catching up with you. Yeah, same to you. I really enjoyed this. Uh, can't wait to do it whenever we do it again. Hey, when, we'll are we do doing it. It? when are we doing it again? Uh, we'll do it again. We won't do weekly to start because I think we still have quite a bit going on for both of us. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, so I think we both talked about trying to do it like twice a month um, to start. So at least try and get in every other week or so to to make sure nobody forgets about us. Okay, sounds great. Awesome. We'll have a great week, and then I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. This was How Was Your Weekend with Wendy and Brian. 